And we have, we have got through the darkest of dark nights, our last leafless night, I don't know, until Sunday. And then you guys watch football. That's what we've been doing last night, too. So it's really no different. But finally, 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 the Leafs return, not with one game. I guess I shouldn't complain about that. I've been dying for the Leafs, but I could have waited one more day. Just give me the Saturday night. Don't make them play a back-to-back, their first game back. But No, it's more hockey. No, disagree. Always, it's like, I want what I want, but what I want is always the Leafs to win. Right. Right. So just so we're clear, it's like, I do want to watch them, <laughs> but I want to watch them win. And guess what? They could lay an egg tomorrow night too. So I uh, shouldn't, shouldn't presume that to be the case. But 2 p.m. this afternoon, a uh, little programming note for you here on Sportsnet 5 Night of the Fan. Uh, Kipper and Bourne will be up after the game for a uh, post-game edition of uh, of real Kipper and Bourne there. And the... Uh, the third, the third banana there, Sam McKee, will join us at, at 8.30. But Josh Cloak could have come banana. up. Yeah, I feel like that's actually probably the nicest thing. Anyone's called him in conjunction with uh, with that show. But Josh Cloak could have joined us in a couple of minutes here. He had a wonderful write-up of the trip in, in Sweden. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm so much of two minds on it. And I actually just kind of want to use this time to put a little bow on it. Because what, well, man, that's not true. If they lose both these games on Monday, I'll be screaming about this Sweden trip from the top of my lungs. But... I think this is a good time to kind of put a little bow on it. I, I'm very much of two minds. Like, it seems like it was very refreshing mm-hmm. for the group, but it goes back to that analogy I used at the start of the show. Like, some people are truly reset from vacation where they are ready to attack the world and do whatever they need to do, and other people get taken out of their, oh, their routine, and they, it's like they never get back. There to are be times honest. when I come back from vacation and I – Literally, I've said this to people before, like, what is the point of going on vacation when the depression of coming back from vacation is rough? Yeah, it's awful. Oh, I know. So I I can understand (laughs) if the Leafs lay an egg tonight, I will understand that they were essentially on vacation and they came back and it's hard to get back on the right track again. Like I can I cannot fully understand that. But I also do think. A, they're human, so mm-hmm. that would happen. But B, they're also professionals. Yep. And I do think that if they have a bad one tonight, I would anticipate them bouncing back in a big way tomorrow. Obviously, biggest piece of Leaf news uh, coming out of the trip is what happened when they came back from it is John Klingberg going to uh, LTIR. Yeah. So I already read you the first thought of 32 thoughts. Do you Would you would you like the second, Jesse Rubinoff? Would you like the second thought of 32? Go for it. Uh, so again, uh, check it out, uh, Friedman, uh, wherever you uh, find his work, sportsnet.ca, the Sportsnet app. Uh, and again, 32 thoughts. I'm sure there's an audio version of this coming, but we got the uh, the visual right in front of me here. There will be a process for John Klingberg, Toronto, and the possibility he is shut down for the season. The Maple Leafs historically are very creative with long-term injury use over the years, and not everybody loves to see it. Yeah, they ain't the only ones, pal. Uh, Klingberg is legitimately injured, believed to be his hip, something he has dealt with before. Unfortunately, it is worse, and even though he wants to play, he is not expected to return. However, until there is a clearer picture of treatment, and a road to recovery, they won't be able to declare him unable to return yet. So there's some cap flexibility in the short term, still uncertainty about the long term there. Again, so that's the, that's the update from Friedman and 32 Thoughts, which dropped yesterday. I think that that's the interesting part of this, that we're all kind of in a bit of a waiting period. And that's that's why I think these couple of games are really interesting. You want to see what Connor Timmons can give you. You want to see if Simone Benoit can get back in the lineup. Can it just be a bit of a stabilizing thing where you can just take a beat, breathe, 
get back from this Sweden trip, allow your lineup to stabilize a little bit and allow the trade market to shake out a little more. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of the optimal way they, they look at this here. Yeah, there's no question. You're essentially trying to kick the can down the road as far as possible, having good results before you're forced to have to address the decor. Like at the end of the day, they are probably a better team today than they were with John Klingberg in the lineup, Yep. right? And Connor Timmins, it remains to be seen how effective he's going to be. But even without him, whether it's Simon Benoit or whoever it is, Mm -hmm. they have been better with John Klingberg out of the lineup because whatever the injury is, if it's the hip, that's a debilitating injury for a hockey player. So it makes a lot of sense that he would need to be sheltered in the way that he was being sheltered by Sheldon Keefe. You are hoping that everything works out on the back end, that Connor Timmins does in fact step up. But at the end of the day, they're probably going to have to do something, I would imagine, as you get closer towards the trade deadline to address the depth. Because depth coming into the season was a concern for the decor, and it remains a concern for the decor. Because it's just past Timmons and past Benoit. There just isn't that much there. Yeah, and I mean, you know, one of two things is going to happen with John Klingberg. He's going to come back and be something close to a $4 million defenseman. Or he's going to play ball and they're going to go use that $4 million to get a defenseman. Like, I can't see a world where in, I don't know, let's just pick a nice round number, six weeks, he comes back and says, oh, let's give this a go. And it doesn't work well. He, I don't want to phrase it in such a way, but it's like, he already took the dive. He already went down. I can't see this being an issue if if he can't come back and perform for this team. And that I think is going to be the interesting thing again, to kind of watch it all play out a couple of games this weekend. It's going to be the split between the goaltenders. That's another interesting thing. Do you read anything one way or another into the fact that it's Samsonov tonight and wall Saturday? Cause I could talk myself into reading both sides of the equation, but I actually look at it as just, as just Sheldon Keefe kind of, kind of picking a side. I'll get you to weigh in on that. And then we'll welcome in Josh cloak. Yeah, no, it doesn't affect me at all okay uh very very happy to welcome in our uh, first guest of a loaded loaded leafs hour uh he was on the sojourn to sweden now he i didn't have a c word for it now he's made the (laughs) trip to chicago uh the charade no that doesn't work either uh joshua cloak of the athletic joining us now josh thanks so much for jumping on how you doing this morning man Let's call it a, we're looking for a C word, right? Uh, A cuisine, a cuisine driven trip Mm. to Chicago. I like that. Are you, I I got, yeah, I got some pizza last (laughs) night. I got some like uh, thin crust tavern style last night. And, uh, I, uh, I don't know where you guys stand on deep dish. Yeah. No, um, I am way, way, way into it. So I got to speak some of that in today. Um, so, and I brought, also brought some Tums, so we're, we're going to be okay. <laughs> I feel like deep dish is something that you can only have once every, I don't know, year. Well, I was going to, I was going to say when you said a thin crust, I was like, did they, did they murder you after ordering <laughs> that? That feels very <laughs> antithetical to going to Chicago and ordering pizza. Like I, I could spend our entire hit talking about this, but um, Chicago's tavern style <laughs> pizza, which is like a super thin, crispy, like, mm. um, Square cut pie uh, is something a lot of people need to know about. It was okay. originated in Chicago and it was given away to to kind oh. of the, the factory workers Looking to, at it to get them to drink more beer. Yeah, Hungry. It, it's elite stuff. Um, why so don't, I'm trying to get the best. Yeah. Why don't they it. brag about that instead of deep dish? Like, I feel like deep dish again, like, I, like I'm not going to begrudge you, but I feel like it's a you're here for it or you're not. I, I feel like everybody's here for this now that I'm looking at pictures of, again, Chicago tavern style pizza. 
So it's kind of like how, you know, Seattle can have Nirvana, which everybody knows about, and Sonic Youth, <laughs> okay. which only like the, right. the hipsters know about. Both are equally good. That's that's where I'm at. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. All right. Uh, let's let's talk some hockey. Uh, so big news of the day or yesterday's day. Anyways, John Klingberg, uh, to the surprise of I don't think many going on long term injured reserve. What is your read on this? Do you think that the club expects this to be a year long thing? Do you think this is a hey, let's give everybody a, some breathing room, including our cap to get Timmins back in? What's your read on on how maybe the club expects this situation to unfold? Yeah, I think it's probably the latter there. I mean, in the back of everyone's mind is is like the full season, something people are kind of wondering about for sure. But my understanding is, you know, there's still nothing completely resolved with, with John Klingberg in terms of what's going to happen to him and that over the coming days, he's going to continue to to go through the process of determining what his future looks like. Um, so I think just right now in terms of, you know, cap relief and, and getting healthy and, you know, Connor Timmons in the lineup and someone that, you know, Sheldon Keith pointed out yesterday is kind of like a like for like substitution, mm-hmm. right? Because if you, if you don't have a Connor Timmons in the lineup, but you're out John Klingberg, like I know it's easy to pile on John Klingberg for what he does or, or doesn't do defensively, but the Leafs need that kind of puck moving presence in the back end. Um, you, you know, again, and I wrote this yesterday in my story for the Athletic. They've really been hurting for offense in the back end. Outside of Morgan Riley, they've been getting next to zero contribution, you know, offensively from from their blue liners. So you needed to get a Connor Timmins in there. So I don't think that's what forced the move, but I think the thinking was if we can get you know a healthy, good, offensively inclined defenseman in there right now, let's do it. And then let's see, let's give John Klingberg some more time to kind of see what, what this, this, you know, the real nature of the injury and see how long it's going to take. So I don't think anything is fully decided, but yeah, I, I, I think to your point, I think in the back of everyone's mind, there's a lot of people thinking, well, this, this could be it for the season for him. Like the cap relief is obviously a, a nice thing, but until they know what is happening with Klingberg, like there's no urgency to address the decor with bringing someone on the outside in here because they do have, while maybe thin depth-wise, they do have Connor Timmons who's ready-made to to step in here, right? There's there's no urgency to go out and make a move at this current point in time. Well, you just can't either, right? Like, it's nice to have the cap space to get Connor Timmons back in, and and we haven't really had a real update on Timothy Lilligren, but once he's available to play, like, you're going to need to get him back in. Um, but I think if, you know, it, it kind of goes without saying that if John Klingberg is indeed out for the year, they have a lot more cap flexibility to go acquire the defenseman that, you know, my understanding is as of last week, they were still, you know, really poking around on and, and trying to figure out exactly what the market looks like and what the cost might be. I think, and this is, this is nothing more than an educated guess. I think, the, the prices were just a little too high for Leafs management for, you know, the kind of defenseman that they want. And that's fine, right? It's early in the season, mm-hmm. right? There, there, I think there's a reason that we don't often see trades at this point in season because most teams are either figuring, are we in or are we out on this season, right? And then once you know, and I know people like to think about American Thanksgiving as that point where you know whether you're in or you're out. But once you do know, you can you know, the, the asking price might go down a bit. Um, 
So, yeah, the cap flexibility is good just to create some internal solutions. Again, Connor Timmins and Timothy Lilligren. Um, and, you know, who knows? It wouldn't surprise me if the Leafs, you know, do look down to the Marlies, you know, and say, well, who else should we kind of give a look here? Right. I think the call up of Alex Steves is one that was completely justified. Obviously, he's a forward, but, mm-hmm. you know, he was also riding an 11 game point streak. And to me, that's something I, I think, and I know I'm a, you know, a bit of a prospects nerd here, but mm-hmm. I think it's, it's good that the Leafs are giving some of these Marlies a, a chance, a, an audition, because there's been a few guys, especially on the blue line, that, that should maybe, you know, get a look and, and see if they're ready for the big time. How do you think the way this Klingberg situation is working out reflects on Brad Living? Because I'm of the thought that it was a one-year deal. Yeah, it's $4.15 million for Klingberg, who was regressing, if anything, in his career. And I know that you were hoping for a change of scenery to, to help him find his game. But it struck me as low risk. And now if he comes back and he, he plays and he continues to not perform and it works against your cap, then I think more responsibility lies with true living. But I, I do think that he deserves some credit for trying to address this in, in sort of a creative way and bringing all these guys in, not just Klingberg, but Domi and Bertuzzi as well, on one-year deals that he's not really hamstrung if this situation doesn't work out. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's also a lot of money to, to pay. That's a lot of money on a, on a you know team up against the cap to pay for a defenseman that hasn't been trending in the right direction, right? I think there's a few ways to look at it. I, the Leafs have never been shy about reclamation projects, right? Alex Galchenyuk is, mm-hmm. is the first mm-hmm. example I can think of. And I think if or you're the Leafs, great. you think, sure. <laughs> Spinning but, back know, in pass, Leafs, yeah. Right. <laughs> if you're the Leafs, um, I didn't mean to bring up old wounds. There I, I, sorry. But, um, I just, I, they haven't played in a hundred years in a mornery, but that'll all change this afternoon. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, well, if you're the Leafs, you you know you think about what you have. You have an extensive medical staff. You have an extensive development uh-huh. staff, probably bigger than most teams in the NHL. That's why, you know, the Leafs are able to to do what they do and invest the way they 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 can and, and use the resources that they have. So they probably look at some of these players and say, yeah, we can fix them. We can we can do it. Um, <laughs> and I know that they have the you know, the reputation around the league of, of thinking that they can, you know, work wonders when other teams can't. So you probably look at John Klingberg and say, well, maybe we can fix them. Um, I, the questions I have, and perhaps I'm being too harsh here, but I put this in my story yesterday at The Athletic. One, did, did Brad, you know, Brad Tree Living and Leafs management, did they know the extent, the full extent mm-hmm. of John Klingberg's injury when they signed him? And that's a problem. Two, if they didn't know isn't that a bit concerning as well, right? So I'm not as inclined as, as you to give Tree Living a, a, a bit of a pass here mm-hmm. because I think this is one that is, at least at the very least, the optics aren't, aren't really good here, right? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the same page as you. Like, I understand the argument of it's one year and it doesn't kill you beyond this year, but it's the opportunity cost, right? Like, it's not the fact that John Klingberg's killing you. It's that it's not... You know, Matt Dumba, just to pick a name. And I know those two sides, maybe they both would have liked to have had a do-over because Dumba got less than he was asking for and less than Klingberg got in, in Arizona. And, you know, I know things are working out well there. But I am I, I do tend to see it a little more uh, the, the way you see things there, Josh. You know, one other thing I, I wonder about, and this is far from priority one, and as you mentioned, there are only more bodies in the picture now, like an Alex Steves, but... With Klingberg and the cap flexibility, does this increase the possibility that Ryan Reeves gets back in the lineup? Again, 
again, I don't take this as me clamoring for it, but if you're Brad Treliving and you have, well, half of your free agent acquisitions not in the lineup every single night, and I know the other two are working out pretty well in Domi and Bertuzzi, but I just wonder how much there would be, uh, I shouldn't even say internal pressure, but just the possibility now of, of dressing Reeves again. Yeah, I, I think just at some point you're going to have to start dressing Ryan Reeves. You got to, just right? Because of the, you, you, you can hear that exhale, right? Yeah. You can hear how, <laughs> how, how long and drawn out that exhale was. And, and what I was trying to do there was just mimic the exhale that I know, you know people listening were probably doing as well. Look, I, there's, there's going to come points over back-to-backs. You know, this weekend, I think in a, in a you know, we were saying, we were, <laughs> there's a bunch of us talking about this on the, you know, the, the flight back from Sweden, like you're going to have to get to a point probably this weekend when, you know, you're, you're going to want to get Ryan Reeves into the lineup where there's a game that dictates it. You know, would it have been strange to get Ryan Reeves in a, you know, in a game against a, you know, Kyle Dubas led Pittsburgh Penguins team, like what a clash of kind of, I don't know, ideologies there. Right. But I don't know. There's, there's just going to come a point where you're probably going to have to, so he practiced on the fourth line yesterday, but that was before the news of Alex Steves getting called up, you know, came across the desk. So, it, you know, we'll see what happens today and we'll see who actually draws into the fourth line. Is Ryan Reeves part of the solution here with the Leafs long-term? I don't think so, but um, there's going to be games where he's just going to have to come in because of either injuries or, or you know, bottom six guys lagging or maybe, you know, Sheldon Keefe actually believes the situation dictates we need Ryan Reeves' presence in the lineup. Um, his, his back is certainly up against the wall here. Mm-hmm. And again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet him as being part of the, the fix long-term, but, um, you know, he's on a three-year deal, right? He's not going away soon. Yeah, that's that's my read on it as well, is that, I mean, if he's going to be on the team, you have to let him play uh, occasionally, especially now when you don't have... Before, you could do the, ah, it's the cap, it's so hard, we can't... There's no That excuse is gone for at least the, the foreseeable yeah. future. You know, you mentioned Keith there, you mentioned the Sweden trip. Uh, I feel like everyone liked it, with the exception of him. It felt like he was doing a lot of biting his tongue and like... Yeah, it's a great experience for our group. I'll uh, have to get them back on track. What is the mood around the team coming out of this? You know, I was encouraged to hear that on the off day, a couple players came in because they just wanted to get back at it. I, As much as I was worried about, you know, how they would play over there, I am way more concerned about the possible letdown from this. I mean, it feels like uh, from the outside looking in, it feels like these guys are all coming back from their honeymoon right now. They all seem so happy. They picked up four points. Nylander's the man. And look, your team should be feeling great about itself, but you typically want to play games to keep that momentum going. What is the kind of feel around this team? And I guess how worried should I be about a letdown weekend here? So all I'm going to do is I usually do in, in, in my stories is I'll, I'm going to lead, I'm going to lead with a scene. Yes. Yesterday when we walked into uh, the Leafs dressing room after practice, I saw a number of players sitting at their stalls and yawning and not just like mm-hmm. yawning once, but big, long oh. yawns. And Hey, 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 in fairness, like I feel like a bag of garbage too. And yawning is right? contagious. It could just be one guy's fault. <laughs> For sure, for sure. I, I hadn't thought of that, so maybe I need to scrap the scene and redo my lead. But no, look, I, I think there's a number of guys that are 
um, probably just like literally still tired. And then you're, you know, you're, you're going on the road and you're playing an, an afternoon game, which kind of messes with your body too. Like you, nobody wants to give, nobody ever, ever wants to give the Leafs a pass, right? That's just, that's just not what you do. But I do think it's kind of strange that, you know, the Leafs were asked to go literally across the world to play games and then they come back and they have to go on the road right away um, and play an afternoon game. Like, I don't know. It's not, it's not really, really fair. It's not fair. And I don't want to get radioed for that, but it's, it's certainly not (laughs) fair for the Leafs. Um, So I I don't know. I'm not expecting uh, a Mona Lisa today. Um, You know, the Blackhawks obviously have issues of their own right now to deal with. And they're, they're not a, a fully healthy group either. Um, so we'll see, but like that, that stuck out to me yesterday, just in terms of Sweden though, like, you know, I I think there were some players and and people in the organization that really, really lapped up the opportunity. Like they're guys that had never been to Europe and recognized, you know, this was a really special thing to do. And maybe that's a little bit of my bias creeping in here because I was really, really fired up to go and I was excited it's rare that we get to do these kinds of things. And I think some people did treat it like that. And I think there were other people, you know, in the team and the organization that kind of veered towards the negative and, you know, would always at least publicly talk about the time change, talk about how dark it was. And like, it did get dark. It did start to get dark around like three o'clock. <laughs> like it was, I'm not kidding. We were, there was, there was days where That's we'd rough. be walking home. There'd be days we'd be walking home from practice and we'd be looking around, um, I'm talking about me and some of my colleagues, and we'd be like, why are there people biking at midnight? Why are there people out like in, in droves biking around at midnight? We're like, oh, it's only 4.30. Right. It just feels like midnight. So I think there were people, you know, complaining a lot about that. Um, and, and so some people treated it as a great opportunity. Some people, you know, not so much. I think Nylander, probably, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but was one of those guys that really lapped it up. He, they were fans left, right, and center. His family was there. He was, he was like a dog at the mall, yeah. just lick, 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 lick. He couldn't get enough of yeah. it. Yeah, and he was the star of the show. Like, he performed. And Gunnar and I were just talking uh, in a previous segment about when we think his point streak might end. And one of the things about the way that he's played, it's not just that he's racking up points every single game, but he really has raised the level of just about every aspect of his game. So it's not like it's a fluke or a mirage of some sort. Like, what have you seen? Have you seen any signs of a slowdown coming for Nylander or he just continues to excel at this ridiculously consistent pace? No, what I took away from Sweden is that we need to start talking about William Nylander as a bona fide NHL star on par with the other great, of the league right now mm-hmm. because you you look at what everything that he did in Sweden off the ice matched what he's doing on the ice and you know we continue to clamor for you know NHL players to show more personality be themselves and and you know set examples for for people around the world to say hey you know hockey players aren't just you know robots that that speak in clichés like i was floored with how well William Nylander handled the moment, right? This, this guy is going on scandalous, high-profile Swedish talk shows in a tank top. Like, <laughs> if, that happened, if that happened in Toronto, it'd be, you know, it'd be front-page news everywhere. And for William Nylander, 
like you know credit to Sheldon Keefe he used a few he pulled out the the thesaurus to use a few terms to describe him that were perfect like he called him unflappable he Mm -hmm. called him a rock star and I'm like yes like it is remarkable to see an athlete in this day and age handle all the expectations and it was a week but I can tell you he did a lot more you know behind the scenes than, than than we just saw on Instagram it's remarkable to see an athlete do that, everything there, and continue to, to contribute. The team needed Nylander. Like, without yeah. him, they might have lost both games. So that was my big takeaway with William Nylander is he's just a guy right now who is so far removed from living in his head, which I think, you know, when, you know, very often players in Toronto or, you know, any player in a big market, they, they can be victim to that, living in their own head, especially in a contract year. That's not William Nylander at all. And seeing him in Sweden, you you feel good about his future because you realize that he's on the verge of becoming, you know, not like what he's always been third, fourth fiddle Mm -hmm. on this team. I think we're at a point where he really should be considered, you know, second fiddle on this team. Nobody's going to touch Austin Matthews, who might be the best player in franchise history. But I think it's time to start talking about William Nylander in the same breath as the best or the biggest stars in the league, right? Mm, another right winger on this team going to demand the trip, take a trip, team take a trip to Thor. Oh, no, wait, they already play in Toronto, so he gets home time games all the time. Uh, Josh, really, really loved it. You weren't joking about the Nylander stuff, what that would have done. Just ask Yuri Tulusti how much that would have been front-page news. Uh, so, yeah, certainly would have been the case. Uh, Josh, really, really loved getting you on today, and uh, enjoy that casserole they call a pizza in Chicago. Listen, do you guys want me to bring some home? Uh, I'm good, yes, personally. Definitely. Jesse would like some. I, I'll fight you if yeah. you bring that around me at all. <laughs> and I like you, but I'd still fight you, Josh. Thanks so much, man. Take care, guys. There he goes. Uh, Josh Cloak honestly did uh, yeoman's work wrapping up the trip from Sweden. Had great columns there. He had kind of a running diary uh, as well uh, that he, he had going throughout it. So go check it out there at the uh, at the Athletic. And yeah, Nylander, full-on rock star status. It's going to be interesting to see and, you know, we don't we don't always have to do this, and I guess I'm as guilty as anyone since I'm about to say it, but, you know, how does everyone else feel about that? Like, the guys understand their place in the pecking order, and I think everyone was pretty chill with it. Austin's at the top. Tavares is almost, like, removed from it as, like, their dad, kind of, for, yeah. for lack of a better term. And then it's been pretty clearly Marner, Nylander. Certainly doesn't feel like that right now. And, look, like, the best thing is when everybody's going and you can all but... It's human nature. You have a spot on the team. You have a spot in the pecking order. And the other thing about this is that, like, there's contract conversation coming for that guy, too. And uh, as much as we think Nylander's going to be interesting, boy, oh, boy, that one's going to be, too. Uh, A lot to talk about today in Leafland, including, I can't believe it, Jesse, a game. They're going to play a game at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I loved Joshua Cloak complaining about it. Our (laughs) next guest, I guarantee you he won't do any complaining unless it's about my complaining. That's Sam McKee, because I complain to him too much, so he won't give me a, an ounce there. Uh, cannot wait to talk to him. The third banana, Kipper and Bourne, joins us next. Fan Morning Show, Gunning and Rubinoff on Sportsnet 5.9 of the Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. nightmare nearly over for the first time in oh since i was a child since i was a young man 
The Leafs will play this afternoon. <laughs> what a bit this has become. Well, it's been a thousand years. It's not a bit. I'm just dying for the Leafs to play a game. Uh, but I should let everybody know. For a limited time, Canadians can get their hands on the Raptors 20-piece McNuggets pack with spicy buffalo dipping sauce. To celebrate this new edition, we have been giving away $100 McDonald's gift cards all week long. However, today is the last day for this giveaway, so be sure to enter for your chance to win. To enter, text today's code word McDonald's to 590-590. Again, text McDonald's to 590-590 to win. Now I'm hungry. I'm hungry for Leafs. I'm hungry for McDonald's. And I'm always hungry to talk to my pal and yours, Sammy McKee. <laughs> Sammy, buddy. I text you often. I barely talk to you anymore, though. How's it going, bud? <laughs> Is he there? I was told he was there. And I'm hearing radio silence on my end. <laughs> so I'm going to assume he is not. I honestly wouldn't be surprised just knowing him and how he feels about my complaining. If he heard the the bit, Your opening, but again, it's not a bit. It's just it's just a true fact. And hung up and was like, I'm I out. Can't, I can't. I'm gonna have to hear about. Well, he's oh, a massive ha- deal now. I'm gonna have Hello. to hear. Oh, Hello. there he is. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you, so- bud? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah. You know, you're talking about your little national nightmare there or whatever. Yeah. My nightmare is now over because I don't have to listen to you talk about it anymore. Yeah, it's I know. Like, oh you're my so God, happy. Oh, you will. Shut up. Well, national nightmare is also a stretch. You still will. Just for the record, if they uh, lay a couple eggs this weekend, you'll never hear me uh, talking oh. about the end of it. Just for the record. The Leafs laying an egg against inferior opponents in the regular season? No ne- way. It's never happened before. Never would happen. No. You know, it, it doesn't take a trip to Sweden for them to do that, pal. <laughs> That's that's a Tuesday night. That happens every day, every oh, week. No, it doesn't, because they didn't play Tuesday this week, and they didn't <laughs> play Tuesday last week. You walked right into that one, buddy. All right, we can move on, though, and talk about the God news. God forbid you spend some time with your family, buddy. It's fine. Uh, yeah, buddy. It's on everything. Oh, you, see, you just poked the bear again. I was spending time with my family when I missed the last Leaf game at 8 in the morning on a Sunday, and guess what? You were watching I'm, the game. What? You were texting me about the game. You yeah. were like, oh, they well, got it on here. Well, we're good. Yeah, but no, we're not good. I don't want to sit and multitask during a Leaf game. I want to sit and watch it. And then guess what? Guess what? I got to spend time with my family today because oh. my kids got a doc's appointment smack at 2.15 in the middle of this thing. So. Champagne problems, buddy. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> problems. it. Well, I don't know. The Leafs not playing as far from champagne. Anyways. You want to talk about a champagne solution, maybe. Mm. John Ooh. Klingberg, LTIR. Segway. Uh, I'm, I don't think anybody's surprised by this. Your initial first blush, like not where you've now arrived after talking it through and thinking about it, but first blush reaction, did you think, oh, that's it, he's gone, he's never playing a Leaf again, or did you think that this was just to kind of buy them some time and catch their breath? My first thought was honestly a little bit of guilt um, mm. for just how much I buried him. You know, I if he was really this hurt and, you know, we heard other people, you heard Johnson on the other station talking about how he saw him walking up the plane and he's barely moving yep. around well. And, you know, going back and watching those games, it's like, yeah, it looks like a guy whose hips are killing him. Like he had no lateral movement. He was afraid of contact. He was not in the right areas. He couldn't get to the right spot. Like even his breakout passes weren't as good as they used to be. Like his, you know, just everything about his game looked like it was struggling and it's like, oh, yeah, maybe this guy was really, really hurt. I mean, the, the next thing is, of course, you go, well, are they going to be able to spend that money? But I don't think they know for sure that, that how long he's going to be out. Mm-hmm. But at least you can activate Timmons and bring up another body. You can, you know, kind of have a little bit of clarity for the next little bit. But, yeah, if honestly, my first 
And I mean, this will surprise no one listening that knows me. My first reaction was guilt. Uh, yeah, I got a guilty conscience the way I am, but I, I did feel bad for burying him a lot, considering how hurt he must have been. Uh, Sammy, uh, me and Gunnar were having the conversation a little bit earlier and, and with Jock Cloak as well. Um, how much responsibility lies with Brad True Living and I guess uh, not uncovering some of the, the injury issues that Klingberg might have been plagued with that saw his play decline over the last number of years because he did say that this has been something that's been bothering over over the course of his career and clearly with the now looking like it's a hip issue, it looks like it's, I don't want to say career threatening, but it's definitely threatening the way that he's playing on the ice because he hasn't looked good. Uh, how much responsibility do you lay at the feet of, of Brad Living for bringing in a guy who A, is not effective and B, may have been hurt the entire time? Yeah, I, I it's a tough one for me because I don't know how he gets a contract of any significance. I guess good agent. I don't know how they figured it out. But yeah, I think there has to be some questions asked with this, like he clearly, this is something that's been bothering him a long time. He's talked about how he's had issues in it. I believe he's had hip surgery. Hasn't he boys? Like this is something yeah. that has been around him. So maybe his medicals were fine. He's was, you know, they took a little bit of a risk. Maybe that's why it was a one year deal. I'm not sure why it had to be $4 million, but I would definitely like to see the, be a fly on the wall for them looking at the medicals or knowing whose fault this is because it put him in a really bad spot. Right? Like it makes everybody involved look bad. Like it hurts John Kligberg's value going forward. Like I, we talked about it yesterday on Real Kipper and Born, but be surprised next year if he's not anything but a PTO after this. Right? Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think he's getting any guaranteed money now. And it kind of makes true living look a little bit weird with signing a guy that was clearly banged up. Like no one in this situation really has been made out to look very good. So it's kind of a weird one for me. I don't know really who dropped the ball. Somebody's hiding something. I don't really know how that stuff works, but it's not a great look for everybody involved, fellas, if I'm being honest. It's not good. Yeah, the one guy who you said great look for, Craig Oster, uh, John Klingberg's agent. So shout yeah, out good to on him. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, I got him four. But I mean, this, the thing I feel awful about John Klingberg, and it's like it's been talked about a million times. Yeah. But yeah, but like he must just not sleep well at night. Oh, like, my God. I, like he turns down that massive contract, going to a, a prove it year or whatever where he signed what he signed for 7 million last year for one year with yeah. the Ducks goes badly gets traded to Minnesota goes badly there and now he's on a one year deal and then he's just going down looking like maybe a 750 or a PTO next year but yeah it's it's got to be a tough one for John Klingberg like I, yeah he was a whipping boy for the first month here and understandably so because of his play but now I'm like oh god how hurt was he but yeah, yeah. Double yeah. hip surgery in 2014. Oof. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is brutal. Uh, you know, and the interesting the interesting thing to see how it comes out of it, obviously, is like if they do end up getting to use the money, what ends up happening there. But I, I think we all just need kind of like you said, like a little exhale here. Teams back from Sweden. Let them play the games this weekend. Let Timmons get in the in the fold. You know, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is not the game tonight because like you know, or sorry, this afternoon. Bedard, that's fun, but it's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Well, I've actually not talked about this at all yesterday or today, uh, but their really? their date with the ex, Kyle Dubas. Uh, I had a lot of Dubas stuff, and then the Klingberg stuff kind of took over the show. Oh, but yeah, but uh, Dubas, like, where are you at heading into this one? Because I don't know. Like, I mean, I know where I'm at. I want the Leafs to win. I'd like them to win a hundred nothing. That'd be great. But where <laughs> are your where are your emotions at? Like heading into this one, how are you gonna feel when you get that first? You know, you're getting some shots of him in his in his little you know GM box there. Well, where are you at heading into this one, bud? Uh, it's a tough one. I I wish he went anywhere other than the Penguins because 
I just can't root. We all love Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Sidney Crosby is my, you know, next to Matt Sundin, my favorite hockey player of all yeah, time. One agreed. of my favorite athletes of all time. I, I love the guy and I just root for him inherently. It's what I do. But, you know, the Dubas thing added a little bit of a layer to that. And I think a lot of Leaf fans are probably having complicated feelings with Sid and with, with Dubas or whatever. But to be honest, boys, I don't think about him a whole lot. Like, I really don't. Yeah. I just, Until it's, this, it's, I haven't it, either. It's really out of sight, sight, out of mind. I think the Leafs had a rough start, as we all know, but they've kind of pulled out of that. I wouldn't say they still look great, but at least they're getting points. At least they're not the Oilers. And they're just like, they can't get points. They're losing every game. They're they're in these games. They're playing well. They've won four in a row now. So I'm just really not thinking about it a ton. But yeah, I do think that it matters a bit. And I don't know how you quantify, like, are players going out there being saying, oh, we got to beat our old general manager? Like, do they care about that? I don't I don't really know. You, you had no the perfect way. line about this with the Flames game. Of the, yeah. It's the reverse revenge game. It's like, hey, it's the guy who gave us all the money game. Yes, we exactly. love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, yeah, Mitch Marner. I'm like, I got way too much money from this guy. I'm <laughs> going to try to beat him up. Like, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Borny's idea was that if Reeves was going to be in the press box, maybe he should fight Dubis, which I thought was a great idea. <laughs> well, you know who uh, would step in. <laughs> the defender of all things just Justin oh, Trudeau. In the world, Jason Spets oh, is right Spetsa. there. You know he'd step in. He'd be like, don't get away from my friend. Just get away from my friend or I'll quit. You, uh, let, let's yeah. be honest. You need the win because you, you're you going to be sick if you see the the handshake, fist pump gift from those two. Yeah. I got to tell you, I really don't care. Okay. I, I've really moved on. I, I truly, truly don't care. Talk to me. Regular season game, sure. Don't yeah. care. Oh, it's a playoff oh series. Then we're, it's oh, a different, it's oh, a different yeah. animal. Frothing like tomorrow mouth. night, yeah. tomorrow night, it's a matchup with the with Sidney Crosby. Which here's the thing, fellas, and we're all getting up in that age. God, don't have many there's left. Not eh? that, there's not that many left, God. right? Like it's like it's a Saturday night. It's against the Penguins. I can't sit there in front of my TV and be like, "Oh, I really hope we beat Dubis." It's like I can't. Care <laughs> I just can't. I, I'm sorry. I think it would be a little bit different. You imagine this if the Leafs were struggling. Sammy, like oh, if they were sure. bad, then we'd be like, oh, bring back Dubis, and it would have a lot more of that juice to it. But the Leafs are actually playing pretty well. Well, do you think their on-ice you know, performance has uh, justified the, the Leafs getting would the, have the to results have, that they've gotten? The Leafs would have to have zero wins and be shut out in every game before McKee would be yelling, bring back Dubis, just for <laughs> yeah. the record. Yeah, so. No, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, no, I, not not because you think he was a bad GM, but I think you are now that he's gone. It's like you are very happy to have like the fresh set of eyes. That, like we don't well, need to relitigate all. Oh, oh, oh I mean, like, maybe I mean, we do. do. I, I I do like a fresh set of eyes yes. for sure, but maybe not the set of eyes that did the off season. Don't disagree. Don't disagree. Like, I I always was fine with him going. I thought the way the the last week with Dubis here played weird. out was weirdest thing of all time. One of the most electric weeks I've ever been involved with radio. <laughs> that Monday press conference followed by was it the Friday press yeah, conference? Monday to Friday. We had four oh my days God. to sit on it. Yeah. <laughs> Truly electric week of content. But yeah, I I don't know. True living the the Reeves thing is a disaster. Klingberg is now a save disaster because he's on LTIR. The other two guys have really started to find their form for me, but I go on 50% on big name free agents. Isn't really what you want for your general manager, but yeah, I I'm still not like he's a bad GM, but I'm, I would say that my, uh, my radar is, is percolating. Yeah. Mine, mine's, been percolating and I it's funny I've actually kind of gone the other way I'm like yeah you know it's Bertuzzi the stomy I'm kind of coming around but well Bertuzzi's been great well, that's I mean, what he I was for me he was the story of the Sweden trip like that, I I thought they had to really figure out what was going on with him and he seemed to find his way on that line so that guy 
I, I can see it with him, and totally. I know he's the type of guy that when the playoffs start, it's going to be exactly why they yeah, signed for him. Sure. And similar with Domi, too. Mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, don't love Domi at center. Like, that line was super hot to start, and everybody was all kind of horned up about them. But they're just, you know, can you picture them as a third line in the playoffs, those three guys together? Well, so you need, it's still hockey. We were we were talking about that, and it's interesting that Max Domi being the third line center kind of to a certain extent nukes Keefe's ability to really get the blender out. Because if Domi's going to be centering a line, like there's very particular type of players yeah. who have to play yeah. with him, and then it kind of forces your hand other places. I'm with you. I don't love him as the center there, but back to what you were saying about Bertuzzi, like I wholeheartedly agree with you. You know, I felt like he was coming out of it heading into that Sweden trip. I'm trying to remember, uh, not to belabor the point, but it's been so oh, yeah. long since before. <laughs> the Sweden trip. I'm trying to remember the games he had, but he had a couple of strong games leading into it. That play against Justin Hall to score the mm-hmm. set up the goal. I mean, that's what you close your eyes and dream of in the playoffs, right? Is wi- all we ever scream is win a battle. It's what we've wanted these guys to do. So yeah, that that is honestly probably the guy I'm kind of watching the most closely as the Leafs get back to it here is I hope he can kind of continue to be that guy because I have no worries about, you know, even if Nylander doesn't score tonight, I'm not worried about what he's going to be. The other big boys up, up top, but Bertuzzi, I really hope he can kind of continue to, to play the way he played over there. Cause I think he really unlocks a, a lot for this team. I mean, I know shocker 5.5 for the year, but he's, he's so important for them if he's going to be what he was over there. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned Willie in, in your, in your talk there, mm-hmm. I think, this, if there was ever going to be like the flashes of 2018 Willie where he disappears for like three or four games, uh-huh. these next two. Oh, months. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, coming back from that trip where he is the bell of the ball. There's nothing that he does that's not posted somewhere on con- – and he's on a talk show and a basically tarp off getting his arms rubbed by an <laughs> elderly woman. Like, there's just – there's no way that there's not a bit of a lull. But to me, it's the most amazing video. I've watched that video a hundred times. John Klingberg. I was going to say, what's better? Willie, Willie getting, yeah. getting me too'd or, or Yarn Crock and <laughs> Willie dying in the, or Yarn Crock and Callie dying in the front row. Yeah. I love that. Like I just, everything about that. I just, you know, I picture one of the guys in the zigzags up there and just like the boys in the front row. That's just all I could think of. It's so funny to me. But uh, yeah, I think we could see a little lull from him. And maybe it would be good for his the pocketbook or whatever for the Leafs. But yeah, I, uh, I that I'm just I, I'm I guess it all comes back right to Willie because it's all I think about. Oh, it's so good. I just watched it again. It's so ridiculous. Okay, oh. you know what, McKee? He looks so good. It's like, oh my god. Okay, Nylander. <laughs> ever been a hunkier guy ever than him in that clip? I'm like, Jesus, man. Nylander is Save so the rest of us. Nylander's so comfortable there. I just try to picture the other uh, versions of not these Leafs, but like the polar opposite of him, like. Just close your eyes for half a second and picture Phil Kessel up on that stage with Tavares. that woman. Or Tavares, yes. I'm like, yes, it is an honor to be in Sweden. And why are you touching me, lady? Like, he is just so perfect for it. But <laughs> uh, if you put literally any other hockey player, like imagine Connor McDavid. It's just the picture of him at the airport if he's yeah, in that spot. Yeah, like, he's tough. so perfect for it, man. Um, Yeah, and I'm sure Leafs PR was thrilled with uh, him getting asked questions about sending nudes and like all that stuff. We yeah. talked to, uh, we talked to uh cloak yesterday. I know you guys talked yeah, to yeah, him yeah. Th- uh, today, but yeah, it's like, 
this, the questions, the content of that was very inappropriate, which I love. Like, imagine him going on a talk show here, like coming on Real Kipper and Born and us being like, so, like, who, yeah, who you with? Who you dating these oh, days, Will? Like, it's just, it's an incredible thing. He just looks so much more comfortable talking Swedish and being in Sweden. Like, he just looks so much more comfortable. Yeah, he does. It's uh, it's awesome to see. And again, like, you know, I think I think my own thoughts about the trip aside, it can only be a good thing for him coming out of it. Like, you you see it. You see, I mean, he's always as happy as can well, be. unless it, he knows shows like, the next two games. Oh, no, but guess well, what? He's, 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 no one will, cares if he does. He's Willie Neiman. He's going he's gonna to have a couple of those, okay? It's like he doesn't yeah. have weeks at a time of them like he used to. He's going to have a couple. Guess mm-hmm. what? Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner had a couple of games like that this year. Then we can uh, we can kind of get get past it. Uh, I heard you guys talking about this yesterday. Uh, mm. So last one before we let you go. Yeah. Goaltending. Uh. What? I know the answer to this, but answer it again. What is your read on the fact that it's Sammy today, Joe Wall tomorrow? Because I could sit here and tell you either of those things makes either of those guys the starter. I could sit here and tell you first game back means Sammy your starter. I could also sit here and tell you Saturday night against the Penguins, your old GM, that's the game that goes to the starter. Well, think, how well, do you read it? I mean, I, it's it's harder and harder to agree with Babs these days, but I like the Babs way of thinking Me that too. your starting goalie plays the first game of a back-to-back. You try to get two points, and then whatever happens in the second one happens. I think it's a pretty big statement to me. He got the first game in Sweden, right? Uh, Sammy. Yeah. And he gets the first game, the second half of the back to back. Look, this guy makes the most money. He's the guy with the pedigree. He's the start. Like he's the guy that's supposed to be your starting goalie. When you came into the year, they, they need both these guys bad, but specifically the way that Sammy kind of goes with his mindset Mm. and the way he can get down on himself, they need him to get feeling good. So I like him going up against the worst team on the Friday night, on the Friday, first game back. He's kind of like your pseudo starter even though it's going to be pretty much a 50-50 split, I think. But I think this is kind of a statement for them to uh, to put him out there on the first game to me. That's the way I see it. I don't know about you guys. No, I, I, I think that's probably how they see it as well. I think there's definitely something to that. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what version of the lease we get today because, again, like it wouldn't be the first time they uh, they laid an egg. Uh, remind me, what's going on with you guys today because of the weird puck drop time? You got a post-game well, show? What's we up? are doing a me and me Kipper and Borney are doing a hour long post game show five to six mm. and then I and then I'm getting my little butt down to Union Station and heading out to the Schwa for the Oshawa Generals wow. and the uh, I think it's Ottawa 67s big zigzag team outing tonight so the boys right. are gonna fire it up in the Schwa if you see me at the game say hello. We'll uh, we'll get after it. So, I, yeah, that's, apo- that's the weekend for me. That's I awesome. apologize to the people of Oshawa for that. I mean, like, I, like you'll have a good time. It's just a matter of if Boys they need will some or team not. Building. We oh. need some team building. Whatever you that's know, we your gotta Sweden. Go out. We Oshawa go is your yeah. Sweden. <laughs> that is a, a sentence I never thought I'd ever hear anyone say. But yeah, <laughs> we'll go fire it into your zigzags team chat. I'm sure the boys will like Thank it if you, you did. Uh, McKee, Thank always you. love you, bud. Great to hear your voice Thanks, instead buddy. of just angrily texting you. Yeah, nice to hear you guys. All right, there he goes. Keep up the great work. There he goes, yeah. yeah. Wow, Sandman had that enough. He's like, that's okay. We've heard enough of McKee's voice, though. There he goes, Sammy McKee. Oh, he's uh, amazing. The third banana of, is, of Kipper and Bourne. As you mentioned, hour-long post-game today, and I wasn't, I, I got to be wholly honest, I don't, I didn't really care about his his weekend plans, but I'm happy he also told us that he's going. <laughs> that's, just, that's just him. You know what that is? That's just solidifying a brand. It's like he plays on a beer league team. He loves the OHL. Loves gritty cities. It's all just like playing to the crowd, and I'm here for it. Uh, you have a brand. You gotta gotta solidify it. I love yeah, the he is, he love is getting that guy. There. Uh, also, again today, 2 p.m. puck drop. 2 
p.m. You gonna, are you going to be okay with this? No, I, I mean, I, I have no choice but to not be okay with it. But no, I'm not okay with it. It's the weekend, too. Yeah, I know. I, I, I get the ordinary thing now. I get yeah. the grumpy. Yeah, I told you. It yeah. didn't. It it literally took us less than three hours, and we, <laughs> we have arrived at it uh, here. Oh, Rubes, loved, uh, loved getting best, in with buddy. you today. It's been a while. We did a bunch of shows together during the summer. It was yeah. nice to get you on. It was lovely to get you to uh, to have you here so I could stretch my legs, talk a little golf. And because Ben wasn't here, I'm going to say it now. Fear that he runs in the door. We didn't talk about the Blue Jays once today, and mm-hmm. that's just fine with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Leafs back at it today. A couple of games in a row. Again, uh, we will be back as in me. Uh, ben will be back on Monday. Rubes, always love getting you on. Thanks, buddy. Thanks so much to everybody who texted in on the text line today. 590-590. Always include your name and location. No bunk today. He's got a Friday off, too. I don't know. Hmm, ben off and bunk off. Should I be worried? Maybe. Uh, Roger LeJoie coming in next here. Uh, keep on listening. Again, 2 p.m. puck drop today in Chicago for the Leafs against the Black. Blackhawks, and then when it's over, hour-long edition of Kipper and Bourne for a bit of a post-game show there, and then the Leafs back at it tomorrow night in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. For Jesse Rubinoff, I'm Brent Gunning. It's been Fan Morning Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.